Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you that you are amazing. I thank you that you know everything about us. I thank you that you know us on our good days and on our bad days. And Lord, tonight I pray more than anything that as we, as we hear your word tonight, that we would encounter you in a new and fresh way and we would leave full of hope, full of purpose with a spring in our step in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated. How are we all? Excellent. When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time with my nana. Who has a great nana? My nana was great. She was very old. Well, she seemed very old. She was very old, but she was great. And both my parents worked. And so in school holidays, I would go to my nana's house. And I loved going to my nana's house because who knows that nanas generally spoil you silly. And so she would give me, and this is going to age me somewhat, but she would give me like 10 cents and I would go to the shop. I, there was like two shops I could go to and that would buy me a packet of lollies, 10 cents. Isn't that awesome? A big packet of lollies because most things were two for a cent or three for a cent. And so I would buy lollies and, and she would read to me and, and you know I think she was one of the very positive early influences in my life. She was a, a really lovely lady. But one of the things that I really loved about going to Nana's house was she had this huge backyard. Well, it seemed huge to me back then. Um, in later years, we went after my uncle passed away and he still lived in the house. And I went to the backyard, which I had told my children was huge and realized it was probably all of 700 square meters. All, but it looked big when I was little. And so I would go to Nana's house and we would spend a lot of time in the yard. And she had chickens. Who loves chickens? You should tell people how good chickens are because I would really like chickens. But there is a person in our house who shall remain nameless who won't let me have chickens. So, you know, you can give him a hard time later. Um, she had chickens and I would, we would let the chickens out and let them... And let them wander around the yard, um, free-ranging, I think they call it now. It wasn't a thing back then. It was just letting the chickens out. And so we would let the chickens out, and, and I would watch them. That was my job. And she had a veggie patch, and I loved her veggie patch. She grew silver beet. Who knows what silver beet is? I have no idea what its purpose is. I have no idea why she grew it. I think she used to give it to the chickens. I'm not sure. But we had lots of silver beet and we had carrots. And, and Nana would let me pull carrots up, you know, fresh out of the garden. And then we would wash them by the tap by the back stairs. And then I would eat them. And every time I ate the carrots, Nana would say, eat your carrots because they're good for your eyes. Everybody had a Nana that said that, right? Eat your carrots because they're good for your eyes. And she used to say to me, if you eat your carrots, you'll even be able to see in the dark. That is not true, just by the way. Although I believed it to be so. And I spent a lot of time as a young person thinking that anyone who wore glasses didn't eat their carrots. Because Nana told me that if I ate my carrots tea, if I ate my carrots, I would be able to see well. And I did. Have excellent eyesight. I did. It must have been all the carrots, right? Thank you, Nana. But as I got older and older and a little older, I noticed that things were not quite as clear as they had once been. They weren't. And for a time, if I just simply moved things further away, I could 
see them. And, you know, it wasn't really an issue. I just pretended, you know, I was kind of cool reading the menu from here. But then I got to the point where my arms were no longer long enough. And I would have had to pay the waiter to go to the other side of the room so I could read the menu. And so I had to bow to the thing that I might need to get glasses. I resisted for the longest time, not quite as long as my husband, but for the longest time, I resisted. I think they call it denial. But once I gave in and got a pair of glasses, that 0.5 magnification made all the difference. Things were clear that once were not. They were clear, crystal clear. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that things could be so crisp with my glasses on. That's what happens when you magnify something. It becomes bigger. It becomes larger. It can make things that seemed unclear, very clear. It can make things larger than what they first appear. It can cause you to to notice things, details that you couldn't make out before. I don't like going out without my glasses, because I miss things. I have ordered things on menus that I've regretted without my glasses. I've pretended that I've known what I'm ordering when I haven't got my glasses. I've done the old person thing with my iPhone where you open the camera and you put it on. It is really difficult because it only really magnifies one word at a time. I've bought things that were way more expensive than I thought they were because the first one blended with the dollar sign and what I thought was a bargain was not actually a bargain. But don't tell my husband that. Magnification is really important, isn't it? It's important. So what is... What is the definition of magnify? There are three definitions that I found as I looked this up. To cause to be held in great esteem or respect. If you magnify someone, you're holding them in respect or esteem. We find that, you know, in the Bible, come magnify the Lord. Hold him in high esteem is one way of looking at that. To increase in significance, to intensify is to magnify. If you make something bigger, it's more significant or to enlarge in fact or appearance. Now, we need to be careful what we magnify. If it's going to make it more intense, we need to be careful what we magnify. If it's going to make it bigger or more significant, we need to be careful what we magnify. Just think about all those poor little ants over the years, boys, When you got hold of the magnifying glass and you magnified them, you didn't actually, you magnified the power of the sun to a pinpoint and burnt them to a crisp. So we have to be careful. Everyone's looking at me like, what do you mean? I know you did it. My kids did it. You did it. So you have to be careful what you magnify because what you magnify becomes more significant. It becomes more intense. It becomes a bigger deal in your life. The Bible talks about magnifying God. So in Psalm 34, 
3 to 4, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Magnify the Lord. Now, we're not talking about getting a magnifying glass and trying to burn God, okay? We're not talking about being Sherlock Holmes and getting a magnifying glass and trying to find God. God isn't lost, okay? What we're talking about is how to make God bigger. What does it mean to magnify the Lord and how do we do it? Are you interested? Excellent. I'm glad because I'm going to keep talking anyway. So being interested helps. When we focus on our problems, the things that aren't going right, they tend to overwhelm us, don't they? If you've got a problem, if I'm walking and I have a rock in my shoe, it can be really small. Actually, these shoelaces do it to me sometimes because they've got a hard end on them. And, and they rub my foot. And if I, if I focus on it, if it's all I think about, it becomes a huge problem to me. It does. It becomes a huge problem. It's only a little thing. But if I focus on it, I, I have to stop and adjust my shoe. But if I don't actually think about it, most of the time I just forget about it. The more we think about the things, the, the bigger they tend to become. They become magnified. These issues, these concerns, these problems, these things that we think about, and they grow into huge hairy monsters in our mind. They become these massive things that we're like, I don't know what to do about that. You know, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but now that I think about it. You know, and we, we go through this process where we magnify things in our mind and we can forget that God is bigger than all the problems in the universe put together. Not just yours, but all of them. God is bigger than all the problems in the universe put together. That's why we need to magnify Him. We need to magnify Him and make Him bigger than what we're currently facing. As we give weight to His presence and His love for us, the mountains become smaller. The things that concern us come into perspective and we go, that's not such a big deal, really. You know, we sang before, you know, if God's done it once, he can do it again. And it's true, if God's done anything in your life, if God has touched you in any way, if God has made a way for you in anything, he can do it again. That's the truth. And as we give weight to his power to dissolve the problems and obstacles in our lives, those problems and obstacles become kind of insignificant, really. What was I worried about? If I put it in the light of what God can do in my life, then it's not, there's not really anything in my life that really should concern me. Is there? Now, I don't think God needs us to magnify him. I don't think he's got an ego that needs to be stroked. I don't think he's up there going, come on, guys, magnify me. I don't think that's the case. I think that We need to magnify him. You know, even in scripture, when he magnifies himself, God, the purpose was not for his own magnification, but that others would know who he was and what he could do, that others would see him. Now, it's easy to magnify the everyday cares of life. And to be honest, some things are concerning in life. If you've got a health issue that's ongoing, It's concerning. It can be troubling. If you've got a financial issue that is crippling you, 
That can be the thing that you think about at night and then think about in the morning. If you're, you know, young and everyone's getting married and you, you haven't even found anyone yet, it can be concerning to you. Can I please, can you, can you please just relax if that's you? Relax, relax. You're all so young. Relax. You can be concerned about how's my life going to look? If you've got a friend who's just bought a house and you haven't even been able to pay for a car yet, you can be like, what's wrong with me? And it can be overwhelming. And then we build these issues into our lives and it can be discouraging and distracting and defeating and awful. Because it's easy to magnify our needs, our weaknesses, our, our duties. But when we magnify Him and we see Him as He truly is, we remember how good and how great He is, how He has strength for our weakness and how He can easily take care of whatever we need. A few weeks ago, I spoke about the power of praise and, and how sometimes it can seem unreasonable that that's the answer. Sometimes when we feel disappointed, when we feel down, when we feel overwhelmed, it can seem unreasonable for the answer to be praise. Seems, well, it seems quite silly, really, doesn't it? It's like, how is that going to help me? And, and we can think, well, it's, it's not reasonable if I'm in the middle of a crisis and I, and to be honest, don't really feel like it. Why would I praise? But can I tell you, it's a key for breakthrough in your life. It is an absolute key for breakthrough in your life. And I spoke about God giving us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and how we're able to put on this garment of praise when we feel overwhelmed and unable to, to act and unable to change. And it gives us this garment that we put on. It gives us somehow the power to, to push through. Because when we praise, it acts like a magnifying glass. It causes what we focus on to be bigger. So when we praise and we declare the goodness, isn't that the coolest picture ever? The goodness, sorry, distraction. The goodness of God, when we declare His truths, when we declare that He's a healer, when we declare that He's the God of breakthrough, when we declare that nothing is impossible for Him, when we declare how much He loves us, when we declare that He's given us purpose, when we declare that He gives us hope, when we declare that He is our everything, we make that bigger and then our issues become smaller. The more we praise Him, the more we relate to Him rightly. The more we praise Him, the more we testify to others so that they can see Him and they can see what He's doing and they can maybe understand that, that God is for them and how great He is and that He can meet their needs as well. We encourage others. So one of the easiest ways I find to magnify the Lord is to praise. It's the easiest way. It's not complicated, and this is how I do it. I mean, this is revolutionary. Are you ready? This is going to change your life. This is how I do it. Are you ready? I bought AirPods. You don't have to have AirPods. You can have the corded ones. You don't even have to have them. You can just have a stereo, like a phone. And, and, and I found this really cool thing that when I'm traveling, I don't want to take my speaker. I put it in a glass, not with water in it, an empty glass. And it's like a speaker. You should try it. 
especially in the bathroom. I get the little glass they give me in the bathroom in the hotel without any water. And that's a disclaimer, no water in the glass. And you put the iPhone in it and it magnifies the sound, magnifies, there you go. So I put my AirPods in and I crank up some praise. And when I say crank it, I crank it. I turn it up until it literally drowns out every other noise, either internal or external. Now that's quite in our house. My husband, I just love him to bits, let me just clarify this. But there is only one volume on the TV when it is on. And that is deafening. And our bedroom is at the other end of the house. So sometimes when I put my AirPods in and close the door to our bedroom, I have to crank it really loud so that my eardrums are actually kind of ringing all the time. But I put them in and I turn it up really loud because I want to cut out all the noise outside. But who knows, sometimes there's noise going on in here. You know, the cares and the pressures are not always out here. They're often in here. And so I crank it really loud until, honestly, it's all I can hear. There's nothing else. All the white noise is gone. And it's effective. I do it all the time. I do it in the car. If you pull up beside me at the lights, you will be able... I'm not like... I haven't got a sub thingy, so it doesn't go doof, doof, doof. But, you know, my, my windows do vibrate a little bit. It's effective. But when we look at the scripture that I first quoted, Psalm 34, it says, Magnify, magnify the Lord with me. With me. Some other versions say, magnify the Lord together. You know why? Because there's power in together. There's power in together. You know, we've, we've proclaimed this year better together. That's our theme for this year. And as I look at the scripture, you know, God created us to live in relationship, not just with him, that's important, but with each other as well. There's power in together. So it says, come magnify the Lord with me. So I'm going to preach short. We're at, I don't know, 13 minutes right about now. I'm going to preach short tonight because I'm going, we're going to put this into practice. Is that okay? Because I, preparing for this, I thought there are people here tonight that have come and they've come burdened. They've come with things that maybe not other people know, but it burdens you. It sucks the life out of you. It causes you to shut yourself away sometimes because you can't really cope and you can't really talk about it. Or maybe you've talked about it so much that no one wants to hear about it anymore, but it's still a burden to you and it's not shifting. And I don't know what it is, but I know for me, I have things in my life that burden me. I have attitudes sometimes that burden me where I go, yuck, this is awful. I need to get rid of this thing. It's sucking the life out of me. There are people here tonight who've come burdened. And if you haven't come with a burden of your own, you've got someone in your world who's got a burden that you can help with. You've got someone in your world that you can go, hey, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise tonight and believe for breakthrough for them in, the, in their lives. Because the Bible says in Matthew 28, uh, in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant 
and easy to bear. So if that, is that you tonight? Weary, carrying a heavy burden, need refreshing. You need, you need it to be a, a gentle and humble God that you encounter, who's easy to please. You need to find rest. You need to find refreshment. I'm going to give us the opportunity. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. You know, we live in a society where anxiety is just at plague proportions. Our young people are paralyzed by anxiety. They are paralyzed by anxiety. They can't leave the house. They can't go to job interviews. They can't function on a high level without being medicated. They are paralyzed by anxiety. And tonight there are people in this place where anxiety has got you pinned to the wall. You are pinned to the wall. People might know that about you. You might do very well to hide it from people. But tonight, instead of me just talking about it, we're going to do something about it. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come. And we're going to, we're going to, if you could come, worship team, wherever you are. And we're going to, we're just going to stand. How about we stand together? This is just, and, and it's not, you don't have to do anything weird. We're just going to begin to praise. And what I want us to do, we're going to start singing a song. Uh, it's a bridge from a song. And it says, lay your burdens down. And I want us to, if we can, to, to try and do that. If anxiety is your burden, if healing or your health is a burden, if your finances are a burden, if relational issues are a burden, I want you to, as we start to sing, I want you to lay it down. In your mind, just go, I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down and I'm walking away. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to let God take care of it. I'm going to praise. I'm going to start to magnify God over my circumstance, over my burden. And I'm going to start to believe the truth of His Word over what I feel like, over my emotions, over how I feel about that. I'm going to start to declare God's goodness over my life. And I am believing tonight that as we do that, people are going to leave here different. You're going to leave stuff here that needs to be left here and you're going to walk out knowing that God is bigger, God is able and God is for you. And so I'm going to hand over to the team and let's just begin to open our hearts. Let's begin to do battle. Let's begin to praise right through that thing. Battle that thing. Put it down and leave it here and let God fill you anew tonight. Thanks, Lorinda.